Welcome to Bakersfield First Assembly of God's podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon. Good morning, BFA family. I am so excited that it's Family Sunday. I love when we have five Sunday months and we can bring everybody together on one of the Sundays to worship and learn about God together. And so today, we are going to be doing something a little bit different. Instead of just one teaching, we are going to be having teaching throughout all the ages. So I'm going to get to speak for a little bit, Pastor Elizabeth is going to speak for a little bit, and Pastor Ken is going to speak for a little bit, all on the same topic of what it looks like for us to have community or unity within the church across the ages. And so we are going to start with the kids, and I want to invite all my kids to come down to the front and come sit on the steps for me. Bring all my kiddos can come on down. So with summer break, our numbers fluctuate a little bit, but I know sometimes you guys don't see our kids. We usually average about 60 to 70 kids on Sunday morning in church, and we're bringing them down today. And they are going to get to help us with a little something. We're going to start off the lesson the same way I start off most of our lessons in kids' church, by learning a memory verse. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to come down to the front of you guys so you can see me. This is actually a verse we learned about two years ago, so some of the big kids might remember it. So kids, I want you guys all to stand up to your feet. And grown-ups in kids' church, we do a lot of standing up and sitting down. So grown-ups, stand up to your feet, too. And we are all going to get to learn a memory verse. Here we go. So I'm going to teach you guys the motions first. So when we say two people, you're going to take two fingers, and you're going to bounce them off of each other. So you're going to go two people. There you go. And the next line is are better off than one. And you're going to take one hand and hide it behind Are better off than one. And then the next one is... For they can help each other. I'm going to do sign language for help. That's where you're going to put one hand flat. And the other hand is going to be a big thumbs up. And put it on. And you're going to lift it up. There we go. We're going to say, for they can help each other. And the last word is succeed. And we're going to do sign language for that. You take two fingers out with like a hook. And you're going to twist them. Succeed. And then just like always when we say the reference, put your hands together like you're holding a Bible. You say Ecclesiastes 4.9. Okay, kids, you guys ready? Grown-ups, you guys ready? Okay, repeat after me. Here we go. Ready? I'm going to say, then you say. Two people are better off than one. For they can help each other. Succeed. Ecclesiastes 4.9. Okay, kids, you want to challenge the grown-ups now? Okay, kids, you guys sit down. Let's start with the grown-ups and see how good they are. We do a lot of challenges in kids' church. Okay, grown-ups, we're going to start with you guys. Ready? Do you guys think we can do it all together? Okay, I believe in us. Do you guys believe in them? No. Oh, they said no. All right, let's see. Here we go. All together, grown-ups. Ready? Go. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Ecclesiastes 4.9. Okay, grown-ups, you guys can sit down. Kids, your turn. All right, kids, do you think we can do it all together? Yeah. Okay, kids, ready? Go. Two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. Ecclesiastes 4.9. Good job, kids. You guys can sit back down on the steps. Okay, this time I'm going to come up behind you, so you might need to turn just a little bit so we can all see. And we're going to learn a little bit more about what that verse means. We're going to learn what it means. I'm going to move my podium a little bit. 
Okay, and let's see. Callie, can you come help me up here for a second? All right, she's going to stand right here in the center so we can all see her. And she's going to help us understand the verse. Because it's way more fun to learn about a verse when you can see something. So, Callie, I got an important question for you. Have you given your life to Jesus? Yes. Yes? Okay, so I'm going to give her a challenge. Since she knows Jesus, I'm going to have you put your arms out. And she's going to be in charge of holding up the Bibles. Okay, hold them up. Nice and strong. All right. Here we go. So she's got to hold up the Bibles. That way she knows all the commandments. She's going to be living her life for Jesus, not giving in to any temptations, holding up all these rules. That's pretty hard, huh, Callie? Yeah? It's not very easy to do it all by ourselves, to follow everything, because the Bible has a lot of expectations in it. And it's kind of hard to hold it up, whether you're a kid or a grown-up. It's kind of hard to live up to all of that. Oh, it's getting really heavy. Your arms are wiggling a little bit. Can you do it? So we can do it for a little while, but I think we all know that if we were going to try to live up to everything the Bible tells us alone, at some point, we're probably going to fall. Callie, if your arms are tired, you can drop them. No, you can do it? (laughs) At some point, it gets to be too much for us. We can't follow all of God's rules all by ourselves. Kids can't do it, and grown-ups can't do it. We need people around us. We need community. You can drop them, baby. I know your arms are getting tired. All right, stay right here for me, Callie, because we're going to do one more thing, because we know that's not how it was never, God never planned it to be that way. He didn't want us to have to do everything on our own. So I'm going to bring up two small group leaders to come help Callie, if Miss Sharon and Commander Ryan can come on up and help. So these are two of our small group leaders that help every Sunday morning in kids' church. Thank you. I'll take your Bible. And they help with some of our different age groups. And Miss Sharon is actually one of Callie's small group leaders, and Commander Ryan is one of our fourth, fifth, and sixth grade boys' leaders. And we're going to do the same thing again, but this time she's not going to do it alone. She's going to hold all of that weight with some help. So go ahead and put your arms out again, sweetie. All right. So this is what it looks like when we live in community with each other, when we are living out that verse that two people are better, or in this case, three people, that we have people around us to help. We have friends at church who encourage us to make right choices. We have leaders who are teaching us what we need to know. This is what it looks like. What do you think, kids? Does this look easier than the last one? Yeah. Do you think she could do this one for a lot longer? Yeah, probably. If we needed her to, she could probably stay like this the whole service. Might not be very fun, but she could do it. Thank you, Callie. You can put your arms back down. All right. Thank you so much, small group leaders and kids. You guys can all go take your seats again. So we're learning this verse. I'm going to read it to us one more time because this isn't just something that's true for our children. We know this is true for every age group. That's what this service is about, that God's word applies to us across the ages. It's not just for the kids. It's not just for the seniors. It's for everybody. So I'm going to read this verse to us one more time. Ecclesiastes 4.9, two people are better off than one for they can help each other succeed. Now, this is a verse that a lot of us have probably heard before. Our kids learned about it a couple years ago. Adults, you guys have probably heard it a lot in church. But there's something that I was, when I was studying this, that I'm not sure many of us know, is that the word better in Hebrew, in the original language, is is translated from the word tob. And this word, um, it means good, pleasant, agreeable, a benefit, or a welfare. So in just about every translation of this verse, it translates to better. But this word is used 565 times in the Bible, this word tobe. 
And most of the time, it's not translated better. Most of the time, it's translated as the word good. And so I want to look at this word a little closer because it's going to help us understand this verse. What does it mean for two people to be better off than one, for two people to live as tobe, to live a good life? And the first time it's used is actually at the very beginning of the Bible. It's used 11 times in the first two chapters of Genesis. So the first time it's used is in Genesis 1-4, and God saw that the light was good, or tobe is what was originally written. Or it keeps on going over and over as God is describing things as good that he's created. It says in Genesis 1.31, And God looked over all that he had made, and he saw that it was very good, or very tobe. And it's saying that God's creation, the world that he made, was good, pleasing, agreeable. That it was the way that God had always designed it to be. And it keeps going. Uh, it's used again as God begins to talk about relationships and community. In Genesis 2.18, Then the Lord said, it is not good, or it is not tobe, for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So this is the time that it says, it's not good, it's not correct, it is not pleasing, it's not in the way that God designed it to be. That when God created the universe before sin, before the fall, he planned for us to be in community. That was what was tobe. That was what was good. That is what was better, was for people to be together. And sometimes I feel that we that we miss that, that we need to go back to that reminder that no matter what age we are, whether you're three years old or 33 years old or 93 years old, we need to be in community because that is what God's word says is hope. That is what is good, and we know we want what's good in our lives. That means that we need friends at church. We need community. I love that we have life groups for everything because you can live out this tobe by going to the park with your kids, just talking with another mom friend or another dad, just hanging out. You can live it out by watching football or going fishing, just being in relationship and having people that you can talk with. That is good. We can do it when we have people who are our mentors, who are our leaders, who can speak truth into our lives. Maybe they can show us something new we didn't know about God's word, or they can show us something that we knew that we'd maybe been ignoring in our lives. That is good. That is tobe. That's how God designed the church to be. And we know that we need people around us who can pray with us, who can cry with us when life is hard. Because we don't live in the Garden of Eden anymore. We live in a world that is extremely broken by sin. And so we need community. We need people around us in order for us to have this good life. In order for us to live the way that God planned for us to live. Because just like Callie couldn't hold up the weight of the Bible on her own for very long, God never planned for us to hold up the weight of his word alone. It is hard to live God's way in a world that's broken by sin. It's hard to live God's way when people around us are not. And so we need a community. We need to be with people because that is what is good. And as true as that is for adults, imagine how much more true that is for our children and our teenagers. For our kids who don't know how to read God's word very well yet. They don't know what the big words mean. They need someone who can explain it to them. For our kids and teens who maybe don't have a whole lot of life experience yet. They don't know how to see beyond the moment that they're in or to see how God's word that was written thousands of years ago applies to them in a world that's filled with media and TikTok and so many things. They need a community. They need people who can be here to show them that church is a safe place, that church is a fun place, that church is somewhere that they want to be, that God's presence is. They need community. And so I would challenge us today, as we continue hearing from the different generations, that ask this question to yourself. Are you living Tobe? Are you living 
a life that is good. It starts by getting involved, making friends. I know sometimes it's hard. We live busy lives. But step out. Talk to people. Come to life groups. Come to events. Because you need community no matter what age you are. You need people no matter how well you know God's word because life is hard. But also challenge you, is there somewhere that you can be serving? Is there somewhere that you can help create community for other people? Maybe you can serve the team that reaches out to the manors. You can go help create community with people who might not be able to get out of their homes as much as they'd like. Maybe you can go and serve in the youth group or in kids' church to create community with kids in small groups and teenagers in small groups so that they can experience God for themselves. Because as a church, we need every generation. We need our kids, and we need our seniors, and we need every age in between. Because that's the only way for our church to be Tobe. And I truly believe that if we can live this out, if we can create unity across the ages, if we can create unity in our church, that just like what happened in Genesis, God can look down on this church and smile and say, it is Tobe. It is very good. So I just challenge us with that today as Pastor Elizabeth comes up and continues to teach us a little bit more about this. Just keep that in our minds. Thank you. Guys, Pastor Janelle is the best. Give her another round. She's awesome. Um, uh, when Stuart and I first came, this has nothing to do with anything. Well, kind of. But when Stuart and I first came, uh, we were going to be young parents uh, with our firstborn. And I remember, besides, of course, loving Pastor James, who was so great, um, the kids' ministry is actually what drew us to this church. Uh, because Pastor Janelle and her whole team literally love the kids, and they love to watch them grow and, and uh, you know, just live a good life in Jesus, like genuinely. And not everybody can say that, but genuinely they do. It's, they're awesome. Uh, so yay, Pastor Janelle. We actually have such an, we have, <laughs> I'll get started, I promise. Uh, we actually have an awesome team in general. Pastor Ken and his wife, I don't know where they are physically at, over here. Pastor Ken, okay, uh, awesome, right? He loves and honors our seniors in just an incredible, very tangible way. It's so cool. Um, Stuart and I are honored to be with our youth. We love them. We think they're going to do good things. Uh, we're like kind of the middle. You got Pastor Nell, who does our youngest generation, and then you got uh, Pastor Nathan, who who leads us in worship all the time. Yay, Pastor Nathan. Um, and then you got Pastor Gary and Raquel, who pretty much does everything and everybody in between, right? Uh, just awesome people who just love love us as a church, and they love all the generations, right? Which is kind of where we're going. Okay, I'll get started. Uh, my name is Pastor Elizabeth. I am uh, with the youth. I love the youth. They're amazing. Um, yeah, yay. Yay, youth. We're kind of spread out today with being Family Sunday, but typically we do kind of sit over there. If you would ever like to sit with us as a youth, you're always welcome. Uh, the, it's not a closed club. It's open club, right? Okay, uh, so as I searched through the Bible, I actually decided I'm going to just search generations, right? Just the word generations. And it's used, I love how Pastor Janelle did this too, it's used roughly 166 times. So obviously, uh, it matters to God, right? Uh, And if it matters to God, it should probably matter to us, right? Um, 
When I was young, uh, we, I, I've told you guys this before, but I was born and raised in a place called Florence, Oregon, a little tiny coastal town. Uh, it's awesome and very beautiful. Um, anyways, we were part of a small church. It was a small congregation, uh, definitely like an axe church. Everybody just kind of loved everybody, was there for everybody. Um, but there was a couple in our church. Their names were Curly and Mabel, um, and they were precious Jesus-loving, light-shining people, okay? Um, When I was very young, my best friend and I, Madison, we were invited to to go to their home and to make butter, okay? They were going to teach us how to make butter. Has anybody made butter before? Ooh, look at you superstars. Give it up for the butter makers. Yeah, that's awesome. Okay, so it's not like super hard, but it's kind of like tedious, right? Like it takes, it takes some time. You got to be patient. Uh, and when you're dealing with like preteen girls, patience isn't the, the you know, it's kind of rough. Um, so they were like, no, we're going to teach you how to make butter. And they did, and it was the best butter I've ever had in my life. And Madison and I were like, oh my gosh, is this what butter's supposed to taste like? Uh, and we put it huge globs, just toast, waffles, right? And then they let us take the jar home. It didn't last very long, obviously. Uh, but anyways, it's awesome. Another time, they invited us and my brother uh, up to make applesauce, and we went, and we uh, went to their orchard, and we picked the apples, and we did the whole process, right? And, um, and what's amazing about it, right, is they were several generations above us, and they didn't sit there and look down on us because we didn't think about things the same way that they did, or that our generation was a little bit different from them. They, all they did was love us and share their life with us. Right? And, and, and they are now in heaven with Jesus, receiving their award because they're amazing. Um, but look at the legacy that they have left on the generations below them. Right? Here I am. I'm, my, my brother, my best friend, and I are all in our 30s. And we still look back on those memories as just so sweet and so um, life-giving. Right? So, so we want to we do that. Here's a, here's a verse. Um, so it's Psalm 71, 17 through 18. We don't have it up here, but I'll read it slowly because sometimes I talk fast. Uh, okay. Since my youth, God, you have taught me. And to this day, I declare your marvelous deeds. Even when I am old and gray, do not forsake me, my God, till I declare your power to the next generation, your mighty acts to all who are to come. Right? There is no expiration date on serving. Now, Legos, fun fact, it's 4 to 99. So if you're over 99, sorry. <laughs> I'm just kidding. A, you can still play with Legos if you're, you know, 100. Um, I don't know if you want to, but you can. But it says it on the box. It's got an age thing, right? Which is hilarious. Like, why 99? Anyways, but, but serving doesn't have that. Okay, you, any age, any time, you can serve. First Peter 5 says this. To the elders among you, I appeal as a fellow elder and a witness of Christ's suffering, who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, watching over them, not because you must, but because you are willing, as God wants you to be, not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being an example to the flock, right? We are not called to lord anything over anyone. 
That is not for us to do, right? But we are to be an example to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, Jesus, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade. Older saints, we need you, right? You are the start of the legacy. You're honored and you're appreciated in this church. You bring so much to this family table, right? But I pray that you also see and acknowledge and want to be a part of the incredible things that Jesus is doing in the generation behind you that is coming up. Those that are to come, as Psalm 71 says. You can pour into them. You can help build them up because they're, they too are bringing something awesome to the table, right? It might look different than what you've brought to the table, but it's still going to be something that God is wanting to do. Youth and kids, you guys are loved. You're treasured. Right? We love you here. And the reality is, you're the next leaders of our church. You're the next leaders of our society. Right? Um, and, and it's awesome. I mean, it's awesome. Wherever you end up, whether it's here in Bakersfield, it's here at BFA, it's somewhere else, it's all the way over in, um, you know, I don't know, Japan or what's really far, New Zealand. You have to go two days to get it. My best friend traveled there. You have to go two days. Anyways, okay. Uh, so, <laughs> but as youth and young people, right, I pray that you remember to be teachable, right? Listen to those who have gone before. There's so much to learn. I mean, I, I, like, yeah, I wouldn't be anywhere if it wasn't for people willing to be patient with my uh, flightiness sometimes. Uh, <laughs> anyways, okay, Proverbs 12, 15. It says, the way of fools seems right to them, but the wise listen to advice. Uh, the Hebrew word here, Hebrew is awesome, by the way. If you guys ever want to, there's a, there's a thing called Bible Hub, and you can look up what the Hebrew word is. It's really cool. Okay, uh, the Hebrew word here for listen, because it says the wise listen to advice, is to hear intelligently. Ooh. And intelligence means the ability to acquire and apply knowledge and skills. So you hear it, and you apply it, right? That's what, that's what listening is listening. So my parents, my parents, I have an older brother. Uh, there's two of us. And my parents would often, and I'm sure you guys, I'm sure you guys have heard this before. But they would say something to us and our distracted natures. And uh, they would say, what, what did I just say? Did you hear me? Were you listening? And we were like, yeah. And they'd say, okay, well, then what did I just say? Ah. <sighs> And so sometimes we'd make something up, you know, that was clearly wrong. Uh, And so they would literally say, see, right? Maybe you heard, but you weren't listening, right? And that's, we don't want that. We don't want to hear and not, and not apply it and not listen because it's not the same thing. We need to hear intentionally and intelligently. So we tell this to the youth a lot as well. I love this verse. Uh, 1 Timothy 4.12 Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. So I know this service is a little different, right? We're not used to this. Uh, Three different people speaking. But what's so cool about this service is that we get to put the words of our church into action. I'm sure you guys have heard Pastor Nathan say this a lot, but we say loving and living life together in Jesus, right? We say that all the time. It's all over stuff. It's in the announcements. Um, So we're loving and living together, right? Not 
loving and living life together here by myself. You know, it's together. Not just older saints with older saints or kids with kids or youth with youth together. We have life groups, as Pastor uh, Janelle had mentioned, that are amazing and so necessary. My sanity as a mother depends on these life groups, okay? So I attend a group called Mom Life uh, that happens usually at the beginning of the month. Once a month, it's coming up. Uh, Chelsea Morgan does it, and it's awesome. It is just a time, literally, all mom ages are welcome, where you just connect over the, the battlefield that is motherhood, right? Uh, because the reality is being a mom is a, is a specific thing, and it's intense, and it is, it is amazing. It's a ministry in and of itself, but boy, does it get tough. So uh, it's nice to have people, right, who share in that with you. And there's, there's a life group for so many stuff. So like Pastor Janelle said, if you want to get plugged in, we got, we got something. We got something for you. So our, our house here is full of different ages, right? Different backgrounds, different stories, different views, different perspectives, different generations. But we're all, few, we're all the same in a few ways. I'm going to just list a couple. Uh, one, we are all created and loved by God. Amen. Amen. Opa. Uh, Jesus died for all of us. Right? Amen. Not just one specific generation. All of us. Every generation from then to now and past us when we're long gone and partying with Jesus in heaven. Right? All the generations. So if we want as a church to continue to breathe life, right? We want to keep breathing life not just as a church but into our community. Right? And that's kind of the point, you know? Uh, We do that first as a church people, right? We need to intentionally and lovingly breathe life into the generations within these walls. We start there, guys. Boom. Just good stuff happened. Tobe, good stuff happens, right? Um, So I'll finish off with this. As Ephesians, that's not a book. Okay. <laughs> this is what I get for talking fast. Okay, uh, as Ephesians 3, 20 through 21 says, here we go. Now to him who is able to do immensely more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Jesus Christ throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Please welcome... Pastor Ken! <laughs> well, after listening to Janella and Elizabeth, I feel like a newbie. <laughs> you see the progression, don't you? Janella with the children, Elizabeth with the young adults, and now you got moi. And I represent you mature saints of God. You mamas and papas and grandfathers and grandmothers that know the Lord Jesus Christ and, and you old geezers as well. Now, if you're no geezer, don't raise your hand. Hey, I got to tell you something. Don't write us old geezers off. Listen to this. An old geezer became very bored in retirement and decided to open a medical clinic. He put up a sign outside that said, Dr. Geezer's Clinic. 
Get your treatment for $500. If not cured, I'll pay you $1,000. They're Dr. Young. I get to geezer and Dr. Young. Young. Dr. Young, who was positive that this old geezer didn't know, know beans about medicine, thought, well, this would be a great opportunity to get $1,000. So he went to see Dr. Geezer's clinic. Dr. Young says, Dr. Geezer, I have lost all taste of my mouth. Can you please help me? Dr. Geezer says, Nurse, please, please bring the medicine from box 22 and put three drops in Dr. Young's mouth. And Dr. Young says, ah, this is gasoline. <laughs> Dr. Giza says, congratulations, you got your taste back. That's 500 bucks. <laughs> well, Dr. Young gets annoyed and goes back after a couple of days, figuring to recover his money. Dr. Young says, I have lost my memory, and I can't remember anything. Dr. Giza says, nurse, <laughs> please bring medicine box from number 22 and put three drops in the patient's mouth. Dr. Young says, oh, no, you don't. That's gasoline. Dr. Giza says, congratulations, you got your memory back. That's 500 bucks. Well, Dr. Young, after losing 1,000, <coughs> leaves angrily and comes back after several more days. Dr. Young says, my eyesight has become weak. I can't hardly see anything. Dr. Giza says, well, I don't have any medicine for that, so here's your $1,000 back, giving him a $10 bill. And Dr. Young says, but it's only $10. Dr. Giza says, congratulations, you got your eyesight back. That will be $500. Don't write us geezers off. A famous theologian by the name of Rudy Giuliani once said, what children need most of all are the essentials. Listen, the essentials that grandparents provide in abundance. Here's what grandparents and great-grandparents Mothers and fathers do. They give unconditional love, kindness, patience, humor, comfort, lessons in life, and most importantly, cookies. I know what I'm talking about. I've tasted some cookies from you senior saints. I like them. The psalmist put it like this. It's on the screen. Psalm 92, verses 12 through 15, the Amplifier Bible. So the psalmist said, the uncompromisingly righteous. Now, it's talking about us older folks here, so grab a hold of this. The uncompromisingly righteous shall flourish like a palm tree, be long-lived, stately, upright, useful, and fruitful. They shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon, majestic, stable, durable, and incorruptible. Verse 13 says, planted in the house of the Lord, they, that is, us seniors, they shall flourish in the courts of our God. And growing in grace, they, again, we older folks, we senior saints, we mature ones, planted, growing in that grace, they shall still bring forth fruit in what? In their old age, and they shall be full of what? I want you to find a senior citizen here and point to them. Go ahead and say, you're full of sap. You're, you're full of... Lance, you're full of sap. Phil, you're, you're full of sap of spiritual vitality enriching the verdure, verdure of trust, love, and contentment. I didn't know what verdure meant either. It means lush, green, and vegetation. If I had a name, give a name to what I'm talking about, I would name this, we're the sap that bridges the gap. 
We're going, we're going here now. We're going from children to young adults, youth, young adults, young marrieds, older ones. And we, the senior adults, us senior citizens, we become the sap full of vitality in our old age. We're the sap that bridges the gap. And that's what Janelle and Elizabeth were talking about. So here's the truth. God is not done with us yet. We are living memorials. That's what it says in verse 15. They, we, are living memorials to show that the Lord is upright and faithful to his promises. He is my rock, and there is no unrighteousness in him. God is not done with us. And we, as a seniors and mature adults, senior saints, need to share with this younger generation, the faithfulness of God, the love of Jesus, what Christ accomplished for us on that cross. In essence, we become the bridge, sometimes over troubled waters. I mean, what I'm talking about. We become the bridge between what was yesterday in the lives of our children, our grandchildren, and our great-grandchildren. I like that song, Nathan, that you'll, you know, to our children and our children's children and their children. To children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, and those beyond. We're the bridge that bridges the gap. We're the sap that bridges the gap. We're the bridge for what happened yesterday in their lives, our grandchildren, children, what was in their lives today, and what will be in their lives in the future. Just briefly, can I tell you about two bridge builders that were mentioned in the Bible only one time? I called them bridge builders. They're the sap that bridged the gap. Two ladies, only one time mentioned in the Bible, and their names were Lois and Eunice. Do you remember who they are? Lois and Eunice. They were the mother and the grandmother of who? Timothy. Timothy. So let me read this to you. Here's Paul writing to his spiritual son, Timothy, 2 Timothy 1, 4 through 7. Here's what Paul said. Paul said, recalling your tears, I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I have been reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and now I'm persuaded, persuaded lives also in you. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but of what? Spirit of power and love and sound mind or sound di- or self-discipline. Listen, because Eunice and Lois became bridges of the gap, because of their faithfulness to teach Timothy, son, grandson, all about the Lord Jesus Christ and his word, because of their faith, and what Janelle and Elizabeth are sharing with us, it's our faith, it's our love, it's our care, it's our cookies, if you will. It's us who should be bridging the gap and, and teaching others, these youth, these young people, these young adults, these children, what faith is all about. Thank you, Janelle, for teaching our children the Word of God. The Word of God. Thank you. Thank you for teaching them how to love Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Hallelujah. And because of Lois and Eunice, because of their faithfulness, and because they bridged the gap, here comes this young man named Timothy who became Saul, Paul's right-hand young spiritual son who took the word of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world, spread the gospel throughout the known world because of 
what Jesus did in his life because of the prayers and the testimony and the gap standing of Eunice and Lois. As parents and grandparents and great-grandparents today, we are the sap that bridges the gap in the lives of our children, great-grandchildren, grandchildren. So how do we bridge the gap? I think, I think Elizabeth and, and Janelle shared pretty well. How do we bridge the gap? I know it's through unconditional love, through our prayers, through our kindness, through our lessons of life, and more importantly, ha ha, through our cookies. <laughs> this morning as I was going through this in my mind, I was thinking, you know, can I share who the gap standards are, a few of them? They're Ike and Anna's. They're the Ikes and Anna's of the Aprils. They're the Jays and Ludines. They're the Audrey's and the Christine Shirley's. They're the Dicks and Kathy's. They're the Gary's and Raquel's. The Brock's and Veronica's. The Bob's and Candy's. They're the Brian and Sharon's. The Betty and Charlotte's. Nancy. They are the Nathan's and the Nieces. They're you. Hallelujah. They are you who are teaching our youth, our children, our young people what it means to love Jesus Christ and walk in faith and obedience. To his word. I think they mentioned, I think Janelle, you mentioned this. How can we become the sap that bridges the gap? And maybe it's just you talking with them and saying, How can I help? Where where can I fit in? How can I how can I help with the youth? How can I help with the children? Do you need someone to just come and read stories? Just someone to help bring discipline? Do you need someone to bring cookies? I can do that, you know. I'm a gap stander. How can you help? This is Family Sunday. And we're, we're thankful for all of you that are here. We're thankful for our children, for our youth, for our young adults, for our married couples, for our senior saints, for you gap standers. God bless you. God bless you. And I wasn't sure how to close the service today. And Nathan, if you want to come. But as I was sitting there listening to the music, to your children and their children and their children and those that are far off, God is here to touch every heart and every life. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, there are families here today who really need prayer. There are families who are facing tremendous difficulties right now. And it could be your relationship with your husband or wife or your children or your grandchildren. I can tell you right now, we need prayer for our children and grandchildren. Maybe it's just a, something you're facing in your life or your family, or relationships, or a job, or finances. Or you're just having a hard time. You feel like you're in a rut. And, and the cares of the world are just pressing you down. And it's hard to get up out of the rut. And this is where you need someone, family, family, just to come along and say, listen, Jesus loves you. He knows what you're going through. He understands your fears. He understands all the trials of your life. He understands your finances. He understands relationships are kind of rough right now. He understands where your children are and your grandchildren. He knows. He knows. But he's caused to be faithful sap that bridges the gap. Remain strong and faithful as parents, grandparents, moms and dads. And I'm going to ask this morning if you would stand with me together. And I'm going to ask our elders, our elders and prayer partners, to come on down to the front. All the elders.
prayer partners, just come on down. If you're here this morning, maybe you're in the balcony, and you know there's an area of your life and family that you, you just need for God to touch. You need someone to pray with you. I'm going to invite you to come across this congregation. This is, this is not an admission that your family's falling apart. It's just saying, I need prayer today for my wife, my husband, physically, could be emotionally, could be financially. But if you need this prayer this morning as a family, maybe as a family you could come down. I'm going to invite you right now. Would you come? Just come. And let these people pray with you. Just come. God wants to touch your life. Remember, God spoke to me. There are those here today that need a prayerful touch in your life. Just come on down right now. As Nathan leads us in prayer. And then after we just give God time to speak to hearts this morning, come on down. You've been listening to Bakersfield First Assembly's weekly broadcast. BFA is located on the corner of California and Marilla Way. We meet every Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. in person and online on Facebook and YouTube. For more information, check out our website, bakersfieldfirst.com, or download our app from the App Store.